0: Welcome to Disciple Her, a part of the Replicate Podcast Network, where we will hear from discipleship trailblazers, Candy Gallaty and Julie Woodruff. With over 50 years of combined experience in discipling women, we'll discuss how we can equip leaders through discipleship. Here are your hosts, Candy and Julie.
1: All right, well, welcome back to an episode of Disciple Her podcast. My name is Candy Gallaty, and with me is Julie Woodruff. Jules? Jules? How hey, are you? I'm
0: great. How are you?
1: I am good. And we have a special guest again with us on this episode, and we have Kathy Litton back. And we both love and adore Kathy. Um, she is married to Pastor Ed Litton. They are in Mobile, Alabama. That's where they currently reside and have been there for some years. She's a former widow and a mom and a grandmom. Do mm-hmm. they call you? What do they call yeah, you, what Kathy? what do they call you?
2: They call me Nanny with an I.
1: Oh. Nanny.
2: With an eye. No. nanny,
0: yeah, yeah, I love that. What's the reason for the eye?
2: Well, it's just cooler than old school <laughs> nanny if you have an eye. I knew that's you know, what it? you were gonna say. That's, oh, I, just gonna hear you. I love <laughs> it, yes, yeah, I get it. Well, yes.
1: and Julie, you have a cool n- name too. Yes, You're Juju. I am, yes, and yes. Juju. I love that. <laughs> I'm like, I love that.
2: It's I love so cute. You I like that a lot. Oh. So cute.
1: Now, Kathy has been in ministry for 45 years. Mm. Um, so just so much um, just wisdom and experience that she's lived and is able to share with us. Um, she works for Nam, and her title is the Director of Planting Spouse Development. No, that's not that's, right, Kathy. That's
2: No, no, that's right. That that's is right. Okay. It. That's it. Yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. That's right. I was just making sure. I was like, when I looked at that for a minute, I thought, is that right or wrong? Um, but that is right. And so she's going to explain a little bit in a minute, um, kind of what she does and what NAM actually is, but quick, funny story. I don't even know if you, if I ever told you this, Kathy, but I I love so many things about you. But one of the things that I really love is how intentional you are in building relationships with ministers, wives and church planning wives. Um, I just have always loved that and have seen you do that um, from afar and and up close. And I'll never forget when I only knew you from afar. So I knew who you were, um, but we did not know each other or have a relationship yet. And I remember one day checking my, I think it was my Facebook messenger account or something. And you had sent me a message about maybe connecting and just getting to know one another through like a phone call or something like that. And I remember I about fell out my chair and I i was so excited. And I told Robbie, I said, you are never going to believe who reached out to me um, about getting together, like for a phone call or something. And he's like, who? And I'm like, Kathy Litton. And he was like, really? And I'm like, Yes, the Kathy Litton the. has reached out to me about getting like getting to know me and I was so excited. Mm-hmm. But I what I loved is just you've just always been intentional to build relationships mm-hmm. with with wives that are in ministry and I just feel like that that's precious to me and I know to so many others how the Lord uses you in that way. And so I didn't know if I'd ever shared that with you, but the day that you sent me that message was was very exciting for me. And then I think we ended up connecting and talking like on the phone a few times, but, um, anyway, I just, I just loved it. So what you do makes a difference. I just want you to know that in, in the lives of wives all across our nation. So.
2: Well, I really appreciate knowing that, you know, Ed and I talk about this quite a bit at the ages that we are, especially being around younger leaders and, and, you know, more especially being around church planners. There's a lot of reverse mentoring that happens as you age Mm -hmm. really candy. Mm -hmm. This is true. And like for us to say fresh and green and Tom talks about us saying fresh and green, part of that is connecting with these generations below us that are really in different contexts too. Yeah. But, you know, we can get locked up in the ways of our generation, but things are changing so quickly. And I I feel like the people my age that are really saying fresh and green, they are And I I say this with humility; they're willing to learn and want to connect. uh, For the basis of that as well, not just to encourage them, but there's something mutual in that, Mm -hmm. and that has been really life giving to us. Uh, That's that's so
1: good. That's a good word too. Just to just like hearing that, you know, like as we age and as we grow in ministry, we're never Mm -hmm. growing beyond. Like there's always room for growth there, and for us to learn from you know, different age groups and categories. I love that. Um, well, yeah. Kathy, tell us a little bit about what you do and tell us about NAM and then after that we're gonna just kind of jump into the calling of pastoral ministry and like what that looks like in our lives as wives. Okay.
2: NAM is an acronym that stands for North American Mission Board and it is a ministry of Southern Bible life and what this mission board does is to reach into the United States and Canada and for all kinds of things. But primarily for me, it's church planting, that we are planting churches in the United States and Canada in unreached areas, which could include Atlanta because there's a shortage of churches mm-hmm. in Atlanta, Georgia. So don't think it's just in the West. It's all across these both of these countries. Hmm. And so my role on the SIN Network team, which is the church planning arm of this mission board, is to support the wives and to help them create community with one another and put resources in in their hands and experiences that they can have to strengthen their ministry and their marriages and all the things. So it is a great joy of mine to be able to do that. I've been working there for
1: about 10 years. Wow. Well I I know I know that that is a vital role um to NAM is having you to be able to just link arms with these ministers wives and church planning wives mm-hmm. all over and just provide that encouragement and that training and mm-hmm. um just to know that they have someone that's for them you yeah. know and I think that's that's really important um so let's let's kind of jump in and talk about calling so we've kind of had some conversations about this and I think that this can look different in the life of a woman who is married to a minister um, because there are those who might feel called um, before they met their husband. There are those who maybe have never felt felt called. Mm-hmm. And then there may be those who have kind of felt called as a couple later in life, um, but maybe not in the beginning of their marriage. And so I think, and I would assume that you have kind of seen some of this across the board in your role. Am I right? Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, absolutely. I, I think you're right. There's a variety of ways
1: that, that people
2: Experience a calling from God and sometimes in a couple's life, it's, it's separately before they've even met. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's mutually, you know, while they're married. And so, yeah, I think there's a wide birth for this. And interestingly enough, I fell upon some definitions that Jeff Org, who's one of our seminary presidents has used when he's talking about calling. And uh, he said, these are just kind of an example of three models that seem to work today. And the first one he calls a compatible call. Uh, Both feel equally called to ministry and to ministry leadership, but they do very different things. And he's a leader of a seminary, and he kind of used he and his life as an illustration here. And he said, you know, I lead, I speak, I preach, I organize a big institution. And my wife does mentoring. She consults in children's ministry. She enjoys hospitality. And so he said they work together on some projects and apart from other. And so while they have a calling, their callings are different, but they're compatible. Mm-hmm. The second one he called a shared call, that this is when a couple feel equally called but they and they do kind of similar things and a woman may have a skill set that kind of matches her planting husband that she's a leader she's an administrator she may be a great communicator and bible teacher and so they may share more in calling and and they share that she may visit she disciples and so uh frequently this is seen in international missions, but it can be happen happen here too. And so that was the second definition or second type of calling. The last one is called a supportive call, uh, where he may feel called to ministry, but she does not. But even though she doesn't feel a call to ministry personally, she can't go back and say that at this point in time, God called me to do this, but she is fully supportive of her spouse and he just happened to be a pastor and so um, Jeff talked about how he had seen a husband and wife do that well for like 40 years Mm -hmm. and that she she taught Sunday school she sang in the choir but she really did not feel any personal call herself and they existed in a very healthy way and so I just think his thoughts give us some things to think about when we think about calling
1: this is so good. I don't
0: know. Like, yeah, and I and Kathy, do you think? I mean, you, I, I don't know that we even hear the word calling as much as maybe we did when you and I. Do you think that we didn't use the word calling? No, no, we did use. I heard the word calling more maybe when you and I were at that stage, but I don't hear that word used as much anymore. Do you feel that? And and
2: not. Yeah, I do. I do agree with that. Um, I. And I, man, I don't even have an explanation for that. Yeah. Uh, uh, now, I know, you know, in our world with church planning couples, we we do want to see our wives uh, have a calling because they are going to really difficult circumstances. And now her calling may fit in one of these categories, but mm. that she does need to have a sense of a words from God or whatever language mm-hmm. she wants to use, because this is something without her full support, it could be really hard to do. Yeah. And I, th- I think
0: even defining calling, you mm-hmm. know, is, is important. And, 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 I think that would be, and y'all can weigh in here or change it if you want to, but just knowing that God um, has, has a call on our lives means that we means we've heard from him and that that is a calling to a specific or a special Type of ministry would how how else would you define that?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, I, well, you
2: know, when I was a young girl, I mean, just a way back, growing up in the sixties. and a 70s, long time ago. There was no thank you, thank you my friend. Yeah, <laughs> but the only language that we had in our church that I grew up in for a, a woman, a girl, was called for sexual service. Exactly. That was it. You know what I mean? And I remember I I had that call. I know had, I, had I, I didn't grow up in a ministry family. Yeah, me too. I didn't have any big vision for what any of this would look like. But I, you know, did I say I was called a ministry? No, I didn't even have that kind of verb. I didn't even
0: know what it was. But yeah. mm-hmm.
2: I didn't know what it was. And so, uh, and then when I met uh, my husband, Rick, who had been, a pastor at 17. He -hmm. started pastoring a little country church at Mm -hmm. 17. Uh, And so we met when we were, I was 19, he was 20. And so there it was, you and me, that calling came to fruition in that spot right there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I'm thinking, okay, so my spiritual birthday is very close to in a couple of days. And so I'm like, so excited about that. But I remember, so I've been a believer, I would say it's almost 20 years. So Friday is going to be 20 years that I've been a believer. And I had made a profession of faith when I was young, like 10, 11. And as much as I could understand, I think only the Lord will know, be able to tell me when I get to heaven one day, if I was truly saved at that age or not. But my life Uh did completely change, um, you know, in May 21st of 2001. And Uh I knew, I didn't know how to say it or phrase it. Uh And so I had no idea to say that I was called to ministry. But I knew very early on that there was an increasing passion and desire inside of me to serve the Lord more than just coming to church every week. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh Like, I knew Mm -hmm. I I, I had no clue what that looked like. Now, looking Uh back, I could say the Lord was totally calling me to ministry. Um, I just didn't know how to say that or, or what words I would have used to say that. And then obviously... What I I did in the meantime was I served the Lord in every way I possibly could. So you name it, I did it for like the first four years of truly like um, surrendering all to the Lord. And then it wasn't until when I met Robbie that the calling began to take shape, you know. And so it was like I knew that there was something there Mm -hmm. and um, that he wanted me to do. And I just had no clue how that was going to look. So Mm -hmm. all I did was serve until it became clear yeah you know. similar
0: for yeah. me yes I, I same way I, I worked at a camp I remember when I was a sophomore in college and it and I had already felt since God calling me it, um and yet and this is funny because I said I would never marry a pastor and guess what I did I married a okay. pastor <laughs> yeah and so I'm with you that the calling took uh took on shape and form once I got out of seminary married Sid um and but but we have all both sensed our separate callings and yet as I think you use the word shared callings Kathy um kind of is, is how I would describe ours for sure
1: Mm-hmm. yeah that's kind of yeah. what I was thinking too I was thinking hmm, where do we Robbie which one of these are me and Robbie mm-hmm. and um yeah. I, at first I was thinking compatible then I was like well we're we're so much alike um and and we're we do very similar things mm-hmm. so I would definitely think after hearing kind of the the way the shared calling is described that that is also us. And I was thinking about that, like, I don't get too involved in, you know, new trendy things. However, the Enneagram I found very interesting. And I don't know if this is something that I just know that Robbie and I determining and knowing what our Enneagram number was, was kind of enlightening to both of us because we're the exact same. Um, hmm. And, and, and I think, from what I've heard based on the research, it's kind of rare to have someone who's married to someone that is the like, exact number as them, you know, um, which I guess uh-huh. in some ways could be good and some ways could be yeah. bad. But um, I just found it helpful in our callings and the things that we uh-huh. do to kind of know what we were alike in yeah. and what we weren't, you know. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, no, I can see that. All yeah. right. We're going to we're going to take a quick break and we are going to be back to finish this conversation in just a few.
0: As you lead your disciple-making movement, the Replicate Network provides ongoing practical training and a community of like-minded church leaders to help you and your church thrive. Each month, you'll get frameworks, a Q&A time with Robbie Gallaty, and access to our online forums and groups. We will provide you with prayer and personal support, practical resources, discounts, and benefits as you seek to make disciples who make disciple-makers. Check out the Replicate Network today at replicatenetwork.com.
1: All right, we are back. As we finish this conversation, we've been talking to Kathy Litton just about what it looks like when you're called in ministry in in that role, and we have talked about a couple of models that are very successful when it comes to thinking about pastoral ministry. We have the compatible call, the shared call, the supportive call. All look a little bit different, but um, are all very effective models for ministry, and through talking, there's also a model that doesn't seem to quite be as effective. And so Kathy, can you share a little bit about what that model looks like?
2: Well, this this model does create some hardship. And this model is when a wife might say to her husband, I, I don't feel called, and I don't want to be involved in leadership with you. And um, that is really challenging mm-hmm. and uh, there are some options to really processing that reality and one may be the asking ourselves is God really calling us into this if she feels so strongly that uh, she doesn't have a call and she doesn't even want to be involved and so God may not be calling this couple uh, mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. The other thing to think about is one partner needs to wait and to see if God might clarify. You know, maybe the husband needs to wait to see if God would clarify a call and give this thing a little bit of time. Now, obviously, no pressure needs to be placed on, you know, any woman in this spot, but give God some time. And, you know, ultimately, if, if a wife stays in this posture, then... It may be that God's not calling him. I mean, Mm -hmm. we don't know these circumstances, but I just think these are things that someone needs to consider if a woman feels that way about a call to ministry.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so good. And I feel like, you know, I definitely don't know all the answers here by any stretch of the means, but... There I do believe and we've just talked about it, but there there is a calling and how we might live out that calling is going to be different for every single wife that's married to a minister, um, you know, and and that's what we see in some of these models that we've talked about, you know, you know, for instance, someone that is in a supportive model, you know, they their calling is to support their spouse who's uh-huh. in ministry right. and and right. that is going to look different for them than it may look for me or somebody uh-huh. else you know and that's uh-huh. okay like there's there's not necessarily a box to fit into, you know, and I feel like, Mm -hmm. you know, and I I love to use the word there's so much creativity because like I even think about when you read the Bible or when you journal or when you're, you know, when you're inviting in the Lord, there's so much creativity with that. And I would say that for a calling in ministry as well, like there is, um, there's not a cookie cutout necessarily, but there is a lot of creativity in how we live out that calling To support our spouse. And like I think as I grow in ministry and and, and as Robbie and I grow in our relationship and just in our marriage and in our family, I realize more and more the importance of my calling Mm -hmm. and how... At the end of the day, and I've said this before, but I would, I would, I just, I stand by this, but the Lord could take away every extracurricular thing that I'm able to do, whether it's writing, blogging, you name it, podcast, whatever it is, the Lord could take every single thing away. And if I was only supporting Robbie in his calling of being a pastor's wife, I would love that. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like out of everything I am able to do, to me uh-huh. that is number one and most important to me because I I realize it's so much bigger than me do you know and uh-huh. and what what is it that God is is allowing me to come alongside Robbie and support him in that he would not be able to do what he was called to do if I wasn't doing that yeah. and that right. is a huge um, It's a privilege to be able to do that. But that's a huge thing for me, you know, Mm -hmm. and to and to realize the Lord has entrusted me to come alongside of him. And therefore, what am I doing um, to support him and to to help him in any way, whether that's doing his laundry? Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Or cooking the meal uh or having the house look somewhat decent when he comes home or, you know. And here's the thing. I feel like this might be dumb, but for me. I feel like it's in a way ministers to Robbie. Like there's not a lot I would ask of him like around our home because, you know, he's obviously doing other things. Um, But you know, taking the trash out is kind of a big deal to me. So I'm like, I do everything else. I just need you to take out the trash, you know? Um, That's, that's really all I ask. But listen to me, I will walk by that trash can and we have two, two trash cans in our kitchen just so that we can have more trash in there. And I will walk by that trash can sometimes. And that thing's not taken out. And I'm like, I have a choice here. Like I could get really upset about this, you know, or I could completely change my mindset and say, you know what? I'm going to bless him today because not that he's not lazy by any stretch of the means. He is preoccupied with other things. And it's, and, and, and sometimes I can get upset about that. And I could be like, look, will you just take the trash out. But there are other times, and it's probably just my own frame of mind that day (laughs) when I walk by the trash can and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take this trash out. Just to bless him and he don't have to think about it today, you know, and Uh as small as that is, I look at that as a way to minister to him Uh because it just takes Uh one thing off of his plate so that he may can go straight to a phone call or to a meeting and not have to just stop there in the kitchen um, and and do the trash. And so there are that I feel like that's kind of a dumb example, but there are so many ways I think we live out how we minister to and come alongside of our spouse and how that is going Uh to look different, but yet it's, and it's so, but it's so unique Uh like to each and every Uh one of us. And I think that that's something the Lord's entrusted to us and pressing into him and, and having him through his spirit reveal to us what that should look like in our daily lives.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's powerful. That's very powerful. And I what, love it. as we kind
0: of end this conversation, wouldn't y'all say, I mean, I think this that that calling is that thing that we always go back to, because ministry can be really hard. Yes. <laughs> and mm-hmm. there are days when you just want to throw in the towel. But if you know, God has called you to it. And even, you know, if you're in a difficult situation, you know, God has placed you there, it, it helps you to get through. Those difficult yeah. times. You know, so
2: I had a really strange thing happen. God's just branched my mind right now. We're talking. Um, I, I've already mentioned that I became widowed at 45 and my husband had been a pastor of a church in Denver. And so in the following months after Rick's death, um, I attended a church locally by our house. It wasn't part of our denomination; was a non-denominational church where my, my kids had gone to school. And I was very convicted. I had six parents out of state. I was flying back and forth, and I wasn't doing what I'd always been doing as a, a pastor's wife. And so I joined a small group at this church, single mom, small group, which itself was very painful. Mm-hmm. And I was so broken and so fragile when I went to that small group. And many, I'm just, many of the women that came were very poor, and it was at night, and it was just a very different context. And only, only the person leading that knew who I was. And mm. so I barely spoke in that process of doing that for eight weeks with those women. But I felt, I just felt, this is what I always stood for. I, I need to do it now. And I desperately needed it. Yeah. But mm. at the end of it, and I said very little in that this woman came up and she had a very strong accent and she's really hard to understand. And she said to me, and I'm trying to figure out what my next steps are as a person, right? I've been a pastor's wife. What does God have? Mm. And she said, you are very good at this. Mm. You should. She literally said, you should work with women. Wow. And, and I'm telling you, I almost melted on the floor. Mm. I couldn't believe because my participation had been little, but I believe that God was Confirming a different call in my life as Mm -hmm. a widow, as this now 46 year old woman who didn't know what she was going to do when she grew up. Mm -hmm. And so God can confirm our calling in really strange ways. And uh, that was a very powerful personal
1: turning point for me. Golly, I just love it. I mean, I I love, I mean, the Lord has, when He has called you, that's irrevocable. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like He calls you and through situations and seasons of life, it might look a little different, but there is a call on your life. And I just love that. I love it. golly! Mm -hmm.
2: And you know, I remember Rick used to say this often. People ought to recognize the call on you as well. And even the source of that woman saying to me was very unlikely Mm -hmm. that she was a voice among some others. But I do think there's something to be said by that. And I'm not saying people will run around you and affirm you, but along the way, I think, Part of
1: knowing our calling is when other people see it in our lives as well.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. That is so good. I, I would say as we close out, um, the last question here, when you, in your experience, maybe what have you encouraged women to do when they do work full time or they, they have, they're in more of a supportive role because they work and they have small kids. And, but yet they can't be involved on the ministry side as much. What what would right. be something that you would say to encourage them of maybe a way they could be involved or maybe just kind of give them a new idea to think about? Yeah. Well, you know, I
2: want to say these women represent, Lifewise done research on this, like 54% of pastor's wife's work. And mm. so this is a big population for mm. us. And Uh, cost of living is extremely high in a lot of the places, especially we're planting churches. And so, uh, uh, I would understand that part of your calling is work. I work full time. So my job is a full time job as well. And I understand that pressure and I have to be, there's two things I want to say. I have to stay in tune to what God's called me to do. And then I also have to keep real expectations for myself. Mm -hmm. I have a tendency to overcommit and get the kilter of our life off center because I really don't have the time. I want to do more than I'm able to do. Mm-hmm. And I, I would think many of the women I'm talking to feel the same way. That's good. That yeah. we would like to be more involved. And I just think we have to be wise. I have to kind of, I work in a student area now. I need to try to keep myself in that lane so I can focus on where I'm supposed to be. But I'm telling you, I'm always saying something over here. over here that I would like to get my hands in. But I need to know for for like each month, each season or whatever, where God has me now. And it could change, Mm -hmm. but I have to be comfortable in that. And I can't go back to what I used to be able to do when I wasn't working. I just can't look back there and I can't look at everybody else that can do what they do if they're not working full-time. So that's good. And I want to say that to a woman that's listening here, don't compare yourself to anybody else. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Find your place of service, whether it's visible or not, because only God sees what you're doing. And only we should only care what God sees, what yes. we're doing. Amen. And even if your church has expectations for you that you can't meet, you need to take that off your plate as well. Yes, that's right. And so get in the lane where he's called you, where it's not, overtaxing you that you are dinging other parts of your life by trying to meet someone's expectations mm. and give God what you had and you know what seasons change when I was younger and I was kind of locked home with toddlers a lot that was a very frustrating time for me mm-hmm. and yeah lo and behold those toddlers grow up faster than you think that That's old right. saying that the days are long but the years That's are short right. yeah. that is true that is true yep. uh, and so I understand some of the tensions of this and I I just want to tell you I love God's church Mm -hmm. and I know you love God's church Mm -hmm. and you serve in the way that God's called you in the places that you're capable of doing with all your might, and and you will please your heavenly father
1: amen and I you know I would say just one thing to add to this conversation as we close because it's been so good um is if if that is the season of life and the calling that God has for you, where you you do, you work full-time, you have little kids running around, and you can barely keep your head above water some of the times. Mm-hmm. One thing that I have found to be very helpful um, as I've gone through that same stage when my kids were, were younger is having access to your husband's calendar. Because... Um, Throughout the day, when you can look at that calendar and you know he has a meeting at 11 o'clock or he has a recording at 2 or whatever the case may be, and you can pray for him, you are doing uh-huh. more for uh-huh. him than you could ever yeah, possibly do running around or being up at the church all day or anything of that nature. There is there is so much power in that in that. Robbie and I just we have access to each other's calendars and I can't tell you how many times or even I want to pick up the phone and call him and I'll glance at the calendar and I see that he's in a meeting and I know exactly how to pray for him in that moment and if you're uh-huh. on the way to work in the morning and you know you're a nurse and you're on the way to work and and you can look at that calendar before you hit The car and you have 10 or 15 minutes In the car to just pray um, For your husband and for the ministry That's huge yeah. And I just I mean what, what even a Difference we would see in our ministries and our marriage um, if we were maybe a little More serious about prayer and so uh-huh. I hope that's a very practical Way that that might help somebody who You have that desire and you want To be involved but in this season of life That you're in you're you're you can Only do so much but okay. having Right. Some time in the car or at home when the kids are napping to spend some time in prayer and know kind of what your husband is dealing with. It keeps you in the loop of what's going on and it allows you to go before the throne, you know, for that. And That's for the, right. and, and I just think that could be just a really neat um, experience for you and your husband as y'all are. Living out your callings, you know, um, this is an I exciting think. thing, you know. Living out for in ministry for the Lord in whatever yeah. way He's called you to do that, um, we praise the Lord for you. And I, I, I said this not too long ago, but I really believe the Lord has a special place in His heart for ministers' wives. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh-huh. gets it, you know. He really does. He gets it. And um, and so my encouragement to you is to press into Him, mm-hmm. abide in Him, because in order to survive and thrive, you have to abide and just be encouraged in your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. He loves you and he's for mm-hmm. you And um, Kathy we can't thank you so Thanks, much Kathy. We can't thank you enough for being on A couple of our episodes and just speaking Into the lives of church planning wives And ministers wives And uh, we love you and we know The Lord is using you greatly um, In North America and we're we're just so Thankful for you
2: mm-hmm. It's been a joy to be with you ladies Let's do this again Let's I do. know this is going to be fun Thanks,
1: All right. Friend. Well we love y'all and we will see you soon On another episode
0: Thanks for joining us for this episode. Take a second to subscribe and share this podcast. You can receive free resources to help you make disciples in your group, home, or church by clicking the link in the show notes or visiting our website at replicate.org.